0: Let's go. <laughs> right off the rip, huh? Right off the rip, bro. Damn.
1: It, it like doesn't sound like Molly Crew. I can't figure out who reminds me. Of. It's like it just reminds me
0: of like a like a late '80s, early
1: '90s kind of guitar riff. Yeah. I like I bet it's not very hard to play this video. It wasn't. It was really easy. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really easy. Alright. We are back. Wow, that ends actually pretty abruptly. We need yeah, it to does. figure out how to fade it.
0: Oh man, we're never gonna learn how to do that, dude.
1: <laughs> this is zero edit after all. Yeah. Well, what's up guys? This is Brady back in studio. The gang is all back together. Oh no, we're not. No, it's not. No, <laughs> It is the Frank and Brady special today, A, ladies and gentlemen. Dude. We are missing D. He, I don't know where D is.
0: Um, You know, he said he got called into work, but... um, he's Stuck at the wineries, huh? Yeah. I think he's covering double shifts. Yeah. Man, that sucks, dude. At the wineries, being Especially that bar since
1: back. it's so fucking hot outside, dude. <sighs> That's could...
0: the reason why. Somebody, everybody called out and didn't. Yeah. they were like, yo, they forced Daniel to work.
1: Yeah. Damn, that blows. Yep. Uh, well, let's get into this episode for us then, dude. So even before we get into th- some things, I watched the um, new quarterback show on Netflix. Have you seen that show? I have not
0: yet because I'm on Brian and Britt's uh, Netflix oh, that's account. Right. that's right. And they gave me the
1: the dick, dude. That's right. Because I don't live in Palm Springs. Well, maybe I'll share my account with you, dude. Okay. Well, I guess I can't. You can't. I don't live You're in the fuck. same house. You're fucked, dude. I'm
0: never buying Netflix.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. Uh, so yeah, I dove into that, and basically it's just the backstory of Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousin, and Marcus Mariota throughout the twenty twenty two season, and it follows their their uh, you know storylines right. through their respective teams or whatever. And it's actually produced by Peyton Manning, and he had a brief cameo in like the intro episode. And I don't know what they were talking about exactly, like the context behind this, but he brought up the fact that he obviously he's biased thinks the quarterback position is the hardest position in all sports and I really sat on that and I marinated it on it for like a long time because I thought it'd be a cool talking point to like bring into the show today and I think he's wrong hmm
0: and who said Peyton Manning
1: Peyton Manning Obviously, I mean, biased, obviously biased. Obviously, quarterback. He was a quarterback, and right. he
0: played quarterback at the highest level and competed in the highest situations in the NFL. In the yeah. Super Bowl,
1: I couldn't tell you what the hardest position is in sports. But if I had to, if I had to try to narrow it down, it would be a goalie of some sort in any sport. So Ooh, either that's a like, good point. you know, a soccer goalie or a hockey goalie for sure. You're getting fucking dicks thrown at you 100 miles per hour at least 20, 30 times a game. Yeah. You got to be sharp. You got to be mental on top of it. And then, yeah, catcher. You're on your knee. You you have fucked knees the rest of your life after your playing career. You can't walk. I think of difficult situations at like
0: high leverage situations, like a, like a closer. I think closing a game is incredibly
1: difficult, but that's a situation. I'm looking like more of a position. So for me, that's like, what, what do you think about point guard in the end? So what, that's a good one. Point guard in the NBA is probably. Or, no, just, I'd probably go more center. Center? Yeah, because well, those guys are taking the biggest beatings. They just, no. It's not I necessarily mean, a difficult position. Well, I'm sure it is. They're dependent but,
0: on someone to get them the ball. Like yeah. a point guard has to orchestrate the offense, similar to a quarterback. Right. So I would compare them. Ah, man, that's a tough one in football. You're getting. But not all point guards drilled.
1: play. So, like, my my criteria is basically it's. Across the board, it has to be somewhat equally physically demanding as well as mentally demanding. Okay. So, like, the quarterback aspect, you're basically playing a game of chess all throughout the game, right? You're trying to analyze your opponent. And not get murdered. And not get murdered. Yeah. Which, to Peyton's point, is fair. Like, that's probably incredibly difficult. And on top of that, you have to have one of the best 32 arms in the world. Otherwise you don't have a job dude
0: that's that's a good point yeah so (laughs) although i do like the goalie thing like an nhl hockey goalie yeah like dude you got to be sharp bro you You got to be quick you got some of the best fastest like hitting people at you i don't know anything about hockey but
1: i gotta imagine as a goalie or rolling around on murder skates dude those things could fucking (laughs) kill (laughs) (laughs) those things could slice you at any minute dude i don't know as someone that's like not a huge fan of hockey, yeah, but has been getting into it lately, I think those guys deserve way more credit than they get. Just, yeah. me, just me personally.
0: I, I think, now that I think about it, I'm really, like, again, I don't know too much about hockey, but I've kind of started getting into it recently, and I would agree, like, damn, being a goalie must be super fucking difficult. But Peyton brings a good point, though, because you're analyzing the situation the entire game, yeah. and you have to have one of the best arms in the league. And you have to try not to get murdered. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. that was a good Interesting talk. question.
1: Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll post it to our Twitter. Yep. Let you guys know what you think. Into some football news. uh, Frank, your boy, Joe Mixon, back with the Bengals on a restructured deal. I don't know the specifics of it. I just literally glossed over it the other day. But what are your thoughts on, on Big Mix back to Cincy?
0: Well, the fact that he so like remember right after the off-season kicked off, he was supposed to be a cap casualty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit, man. That sucks because after that happens, usually running backs don't produce fantasy and then in their second team. Like her yeah. fantasy relevance in their second team. But the fact that they didn't cut him was a good sign. And so like I I was like there's no way that he's going to continue to play on this contract, so I kind of expected a restructuring to happen. So I'm stoked on it
1: for sure. Yeah. I think I mean Dude, I can. I when I was reading the article, I couldn't believe this is. He's going into his seventh year. Can you believe that guy's been drafted around this long? Super young. Damn, I think he man. came out
0: as a junior from Oklahoma. That's right, dude. Yeah,
1: nice job. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, Joe Mixon back with the Bengals. That'll be interesting. Interesting to see how that plays out. I don't really think that's going to do too much, or move the needle at all from a fantasy perspective. I think he is I mean, who he is, and yeah. And I know we guy. touched about it a little bit, you know, on our running backs episode with Joe, but. Yeah, I mean he's going to be the guy that alleviates pressure for Joe, the other Joe. Yeah, from time to time. And
0: he's going to get drafted at the end of the first, early second. Yeah, like he always is.
1: And he'll still probably provide you solid. It's not great RB two numbers, but exactly. potential RB one numbers. Yeah. Uh, other news of the week: Saquon. That oh, situation's oh, getting a little nasty, dude. We are at the witching hour here. I think he's only got today is the fifteenth. We are recording on it's July fifteenth. Yeah, he's got only got two more days yikes dude i don't so, think it's good i don't think it's looking too good for saquon i remember like a
0: month ago when this shit first came up and i was t- I, I think you had actually missed that day it was just me and i and i'm like you know what man i read about this article and i read the situation and it does not sound good it didn't sound good from the start and now we're a month later and he's threatening to miss games i called this Levion situation a fucking month ago yeah because you know how sometimes these things are like sometimes you know when they're going to get They're they're working towards progress. Like even if they're on a standstill, you're like, okay, they're probably figured out. That from the rip was like, this is a disaster, and this is going to be a levy on situation. And the shitty thing is, from both sides, like you understand both sides of the of the argument. Like Saquon Barkley should get paid. He deserves it. He fucking earned it. But from the team perspective, he's just another cog in a running back system that you can replace pretty easily. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I've I've, I think I've said it a few times now. Just the way the league is trending, it's very pass catching heavy now you know running backs aren't as utilized as they were you know 10 15 years ago right value isn't there for them anymore which is sad and unfortunate for those running backs but it's just the way the league is man adapt die. but you know also a point is i mean saquon basically doubles as a wide receiver dude he catches like 50 60 balls every season if he needs to he does i mean Danny Dimes ain't throwing that ball to anywhere else. He's,
0: that becomes more – that's like a check down situation, though. It's not like they get him out in space and scheme to get him out there. He's it,
1: still catching balls, though. Yeah. Dude. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe he has if the, they did scheme he has to get him hands, out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's very few running backs that could, like, truly double as a wideout. Right. Off the top of my head, I think only Christian McCaffrey comes to mind. Austin Eckler. Yeah, Eckler. Yeah, the top two guys, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, those guys deserve to get paid. Maybe Bijan. Bijan, he definitely can get out, bro. I'm exactly. excited to see what he can do this Maybe season. Maybe Jameer Gibbs too. Yeah, we'll see what he does. If it's, yeah, we'll. It's see. It's the Lions, dude. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, dude, let's uh, let's get into Crackham. Our Crackham's blank here. I'm looking at it. Fuck, and I don't, dude. Yeah,
0: I think we fucked up. We're gonna blame this the, our blank Crackham on Daniel because he's not here. So we'll just blame that guy.
1: Okay. Uh, so we're cracking him to. Fuck, let's try... Well, do you being a dumbass? Do you be a dumbass? <laughs> nah, uh, nah, nah. We could... Man, you probably don't want to crack him to
0: the Shohei Otani rumors,
1: do you? Cool, I mean, we can. I'll crack him, I'll crack him to Shohei, and I'll just throw that little caveat in there. So, uh before we crack them, just uh, to give some context, news just broke yesterday that the Angels, who forever claimed that they would not be moving Shohei Otani, are now considering moving Shohei Ohtani. The deal is still very unlikely, I think, but that is a significant change from like what I said that they were steadfast and not wanting to move him, but now because the whole team is injured and we are historically ass, we might <laughs> <laughs> we might need a time for a rebuild here. So, uh I will crack him to Shohei with the caveat that it is a tribute so thank you Shohei for all that you've done for the Angels all that you've done for Angels fans
0: and everything he's going to bring you because that trade is going to be in fucking yeah
1: thank you for resetting our farm system and providing ready now MLB talent that's most likely (laughs) uh but I mean who knows it might not happen but if it does that's definitely going to be the haul multiple prospects multiple ready now players the Dodgers got
0: the got the got the assets to do it
1: already already said he's like i'm not trading him unless i get your best pitcher and your best hitter and then all your prospects yeah i mean respect i mean that's, that's what it takes dude. that's what, it that's takes. what it's gonna if, I that's, agree. if that's what it takes that's what it takes dude. right i mean if you're the dodgers or the podgers or anyone else dude i'm i mean because not only are you getting shohei otani the player dude you're getting shohei otani the business revenue bro the fan base and the fan base everything that he everything that comes with shohei dude you're getting all of it i can't imagine the extra revenue the angels bring in just because shohei's on the team i can't wait till he gets to the dodgers
0: and i'm gonna get one of those japanese jerseys
1: yeah you oh i think i told you you should get his like classic oh yeah Yeah, japanese that would be sick maybe get both dude yeah both yeah and then just put it in the the studio somewhere so i could constantly look at it (laughs) (laughs) be sad all right man this is the show hey bro this is the show it was a great run and great run brother we'll miss you and good luck
0: (sighs) nothing like a fucking seltzer at 10 a.m
1: nothing like it. not bad all right man let's get into this episode uh so let's just get straight to the top guy because these guys are pointless Tight ends, huh?
0: Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> skip all of them and do yeah, the first card. No, no. oh, we so, got to get through them.
1: Yeah. So we are talking about tight ends today, rankings 10 through 1. As you can, or maybe you picked up on, we don't have 20 through 11 because those guys are really pointless. Yeah. They don't matter, dude. I mean, these guys matter a little bit, but like we said, you know, there's only really one with, or two guys.
0: Before we get into the rankings, like with tight ends, it's tight ends are important. Like from the st- from the perspective that if you're able to get the guy at the tight end position, yeah. you already have a significant you have advantage a win every week. basically over everybody yeah. else. The problem is you probably don't get him, you know, and then you end up with one of the rest of the 50 feet of shit that ha- comes with it yeah. afterwards. <laughs> so if you have the ability to get that tight end, if you're drafting in that like five to nine range, you you want that number one guy, and you try to do it if it's if the value makes sense, right?
1: I think so too. Yeah. So I think so too. I think, and you know, I just started um, mocking literally like last week. Yeah. Like just playing around, and right around that five, six, seven, the top guy looks very enticing. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, if you're not
0: able to land that guy, there's no. I I per I personally think that it's quite easy to mask the tight end deficiency at because there's only one other team that has that elite tight end, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And yep. everybody else has shit, so yeah. as long as that guy doesn't make the playoffs,
1: you're yeah. probably fine. Yep, <laughs> you probably are. Uh, well, speaking of elite tight ends, let's talk about one that isn't, <laughs> our number 10. <laughs> dude, he has the skill set, to I think B1, but unfortunately... This guy looks just, like a fucking
0: machine, I, dude. He
1: does, man. He looks like a freak. Uh, that's number 10, David Njoku of the Cleveland Browns. Last season, he finished 10th overall in ppr and this is exactly where we have him this or on our rankings um he's finally last year separated himself from the timeshare that he was in for the last i don't know how many seasons over there and every year he's been yeah dude every year he's been there he's been splitting time with either harrison bryant or austin hooper somebody somebody dude somebody dude someone he's either splitting time with or you know behind and not getting enough time or ahead and you know getting held back it's because he can't block Yeah, dude. He's definitely more of the uh, pass-catching tight end. Sure. Yeah, so... um, But, yeah, dude. He's finally out of that. Um, And so, a lot of people, including myself, thought that this may have been his time to shine. I traded for him in in Dynasty. I thought the upside was there for him. He didn't hit like I anticipated.
0: Very much like many Cleveland Browns players.
1: Yeah. Maybe the... uh, maybe the overall takeaway on this is don't drop Cleveland Browns players <laughs> unless his name is Nick Chubb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay. Maybe not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I just think we've been shitting on Nick Chubb for, because he's not a three down back, but I, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but I will say for David and Joku, one encouraging stat is that he finished with 80 targets and 19 of those came in the red zone. That was second to only the top dog on this list who we'll get into uh, for me, like I mentioned, and like you look at him, dude, and he's just a physical freak. He's like six yes. four, like two forty, can run fast, has great hands. Yep. And if Deshaun Watson can replicate any of that success he's had in previous seasons, I think he could be a sleeper pick this year at the tight end position.
0: Yeah, dude, I agree with you. Like I'm checking out his uh, week by week, you know. Um His work last year, he had a tight end two finish, tight end six, tight end five within the first seven weeks of the season. But he also had tight end forty (laughs) five, tight end twenty two, tight end fourteen, tight end seventeen, and all of those games were with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. So with Jacoby Brissett, he was pretty pretty productive. And then I believe he got hurt, and then the bye, and then Deshaun Watson came in, and he basically fell off the earth (laughs) because Deshaun Watson couldn't throw. Yeah. You know. So one more system, one more year for Deshaun under the system. I think that and joku is exactly where he should be because historically if i remember correctly i don't think deshaun watson ever really produced viable fantasy tight ends he was yeah. always much more to his receivers and running backs yeah that's my only concern there but
1: we'll the see. Who knows it's cleveland you know yeah the we'll place see is a dumpster fire yeah we'll see and like the point i made earlier you know those those 19 20 targets whatever it was in the red zone that's encouraging you know Yes. Um, you know, obviously some of that's what you could have, obviously, but I did see a few games where Deshaun was targeting Njoku as a right. Njoku owner in the red zone, specifically in the end zone. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with David Njoku. Number 10 on our list of tight ends. Number 9. Number 9. Darren Waller. Waller the baller, baby. Waller
0: the big name. I get hurt and He's haven't back. <laughs> played very much in the last few years. So after posting, you know, back-to-back thousand year, 1,000-yard thousand seasons in 19 and 20, he missed 14 games over the last two years and then McDaniels came in and then he averaged three catches and four to three yards per game after averaging five catches and 60 in his previous in his previous three years so I definitely think a change of scenery like the writing was on the wall in Vegas like you could tell that McDaniels was not a big fan of this guy he schemed to get the ball to Devante we talked about that a few episodes ago and Darren Waller moving to New York, he immediately becomes a number one pass catching option there. The problem is they don't fucking throw the ball there because Daniel Jones can't throw the ball. They run the ball. So I was a little bit perplexed about the move over to New York. I get it. Maybe you know, Dable is trying to produce, trying to, you know, fill a gap that they obviously have, which is that pass catching ability with Waller. But um they run the ball with Saquon Barkley, and Darren Waller is not a running back. Not a and well, not a <laughs> running back, but he's not a pass catcher or he's not a, a blocking run tight. blocking tight end. Yeah. So again, this was a little bit of a head scratcher to me, but the only thing that I could see here that is the benefit is that he comes over and he's immediately the number one option. And Dable is a great offensive coordinator, so I got to have faith that he's going to scheme to get the ball in Darren Waller's hands. He's too good of a playmaker. But um I can also see him being drafted higher than he should and then letting you down.
1: Yeah. You I know? can see that. So too. like
0: of this entire list, I think Darren Waller could be a candidate to drop out of the top 10. Easy. Easily. But Easy. we have him here because we know that he's done it in the past. Mm-hmm. He sounds like he's healthy coming into the season. And he has the talent to do it. Yep. So it's just really going to depend on what they look like to scheme, like the offensive scheme here for me.
1: Yeah, and to that point, I am just so confused by what this team is trying to do offensively. Like, I don't know what identity they're trying to go for, dude. Isn't that the most, like, Daniel Jones...
0: Like such an epitome of Daniel Jones. Like, uh, can you throw or can you run? I,
1: yeah, I don't understand it, man. Like you said, Saquon is the guy there if he can get on the field. Oh, um God. But yeah, dude. And similar to Daniel Jones to your point about Deshaun, he doesn't target his tight ends, man. He, he throws to his wideouts and he checks it down to Saquon.
0: And he only has he only averages about fifteen touchdowns a season. So yeah.
1: like Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh and yeah, that you know, they don't produce Fantasy relevant tight ends. The last fantasy relevant tight end there was Evan Ingram in 2018, and he finished as only number 13. Yeah, tight end. Yeah, I can't remember the last time they had a tight end finish within like the top 12 or 10.
0: Jeremy Shockey. Yeah, 20 years ago. (laughs)
1: Yeah, dude. (laughs) So so long ago. Yeah. So I have I have concerns about that, and then also as you mentioned, you know, he's getting older now. He definitely has an injury history. Yep. For me, you know, if I'm if I'm trying to find a tight end. I think I take my chances on someone else other than Darren Waller. Exactly, but we'll see.
0: Especially because where he's going to get drafted, because he's a big name, right? Yeah, he's He's going to get drafted, and that's why he's going to get drafted,
1: which is a shame. But
0: I'm just going to let that guy get drafted and ruin somebody else's team. Yeah, because he did ruin my team last year. (laughs) One of my redraft teams, bastards. You piece of (laughs) shit.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Darren Waller. With all due respect, sir. (laughs) With all due respect. Uh, cool, man. Well, that's number nine, Darren Waller. Let's get into number eight. That is Evan Engram. Engram finished as the fifth best tight end last season. I had to do a double take when I first saw that. I was like, God damn, bro. Dude, it's because
0: fucking Trevor Lawrence is the chosen I one. I was like,
1: that's impressive, man. Uh, but basically, it was his breakout year in Jacksonville under Doug Peterson. He finished with a career high of 73 catches and 766 receiving yards. Uh, so I think, though, I think his production across the board is going to dip this season um like I said last year was his truly one lone breakout year didn't really do too much outside of his you know rookie year in New York and then maybe 2018 like I said when he finished 13th overall but uh Calvin Ridley is now in Jacksonville um so balls are gonna go to him obviously balls are gonna go to Christian Kirk balls are gonna go to Zay Jones right Zay Jones is still there yep yep so He's definitely down in the pecking order in terms of targets. And then on top of that, he's never finished with more than four touchdowns in a season. Uh, the yeah. last time he did that was in 2017. And if you look at the tight end position, historically, outside of, like, the top guys, it's either this tight end gives me touchdowns or he doesn't, dude. Right. That's where you get your points with tight ends. Exactly. And if goal he, lines. Yeah, and if he's not getting you touchdowns and, he, and his catches are going to dip because he's fourth in the pecking order. I don't know, man. How many, I th- red, how many I, more I, red flags do you need? Yeah, man. I think he might be a little too high in this list, but um, so yeah, I don't know. Would you take him over Darren Waller? So, I would
0: because I like the quarterback situation better. I think the I choos- think that's the only reason. I why. I think the Chosen One is only getting better, and
1: <laughs> you know, I like how we just refer to him as that now and not his real name, the Chosen One. dude. Yeah, dude. Who are you talking about, the Chosen One? Who yeah. are you talking about? Who the fuck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the only one. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I would take him over, Darren Waller, just because of the quarterback situation. Like, as a pass-catching tight end, everything is dependent upon the quarterback. And Trevor Lawrence is only getting better season after season. Like, listen to these numbers. So, I'm looking at Evan Ingram's um, games last year. So, we had a week one, tight end four. Week two, tight end seven. And then he did shit for, like, the next four weeks. Then tight end seven, tight end nine, tight end four. So he's like right up, he's right up there. He's giving you about double digit points every week every, when he's finishing in those top tens. Which giving is you nice. Digit, which is nice. Which is what you would expect if you're going to wait for a want. tight end. That's yeah. what you want. You yeah. Know? And then towards the end of the season, he had a fucking monster game where he put up 39 points PPR by the way, 15 catches, 162 yards, and two touchdowns. T- finished tight end one. So we know the ability is there. You know. So like, if this is if this is a guy that I'm I'm wait like. If I'm going to wait for a tight end, I think I kind of wait for this guy. Like, Even though I know his ups and downs are peaks and valleys, at least I know that 39 points is the peak. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So I do like Evan Ingram only because
1: the chosen one. Yeah, I think I agree. If it's between Evan or Darren, I'm definitely leaning Evan because of the chosen one. All right, man. Let's get into number seven. A favorite on Around the Cooler. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no. I'm going to do this guy because he's just, he just... I I actually have a, a little... I have some goodness to say about this guy. Checking in number seven, Brady's all-time favorite tight end. He's got his jersey hanging <laughs> in his
1: garage. Kyle Pitts. I will say this, dude. <laughs> for as much shit as I talk on this guy, it's out of frustration because... Yes. It's not so much that he's a shitty player. It's his talents are being wasted, dude. I agree. Which is infuriating. Yeah, but you're right. But I digress. Go ahead.
0: So last season, he... Or I'm sorry, his rookie year he ba- he almost broke the single season rookie receiving record for think, tight ends. I think he did. No, he was 50 yards shy. Oh, he was okay. 50 yards shy. So, a thicca, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, and he was looking like he was getting drafted super high last year, and then the fucking wheels basically fell off yep. because Arthur Smith came over and installed a run heavy offense, and basically wrote that guy to the fucking bench. He quickly followed up his big year with 356 yards in 10 games. <laughs> Bro, so like you bad. can't even
1: say that with a straight face. That is
0: so bad, dude. That is so bad. And in then 10 he,
1: games too. It's not like Bro, you can get that like an average that's tight 35 in. yards a game, dude. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ, dude. Okay. Oh man, that is that is super terrible. And then um he missed the entire remainder of the season because he sprained his MCL. Uh he was not a fit in Arthur Smith's run-heavy offense because he's a receiving tight end, so there was a lot of blocking tight ends on the field. And he does not block one. And well. that led to Pitts spending more than 30% of Atlanta's offensive snaps on the sidelines for five of those healthy 10 games. Yeah. Interesting thing about those numbers, though, that I found, and this is going to sound crazy, 59 targets, 27% target share, 34% target rate. So of the routes that he did run, he was getting targeted over 30% of 30 35% of the time, basically. That's That last stat is the best among all tight ends that we have on this list. So if there's one silver lining or if there's one <laughs> flag over here that's You're looking us. for one. <laughs> there it is. Like, of all of the red flags that I've just given you, there's one green, and that is the offense, believe it or not, is looking at Kyle Pitts, and they're giving him opportunities. The problem is the piss-poor quarterback play. How many of those fucking targets are catchable? Zero. None. Marcus Mariota they and Desmond Ritter. They went from bad Ritter. to worse, dude. Yeah. And that's that comes to my... Thank you, Brady. That comes to my second point. Exit Marcus Mariota. Bring in Desmond Ritter. How the fuck do you get worse than Marcus Mariota, dude? I don't know, man. And
1: it just... It blows my mind because Bro, I... Bro, you know that... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt No, go you, ahead. But, go ahead. Uh, so I was watching, to reference back that show earlier in the episode, that uh, during one of Marcus's segments, uh-huh. they were... Uh, they were breaking down the Ritter Marcus Mariota situation. And guess who Ritter's comp was, dude? Coming out of college? Ryan Tannehill? Marcus Mariota. Bro. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Two Marcuses, bro. Anyways, man.
0: Oh my God. So, damn, really? Yeah, that's hilarious. Dude. Yeah. Okay. So, if there isn't, like, if there isn't, Enough evidence to suggest that you should look elsewhere for a tight end here. I don't know how much more that you need. You know, there you're you're in a run heavy offensive scheme that he's not on the field, and when he is on the field, the times that he is targeted are terrible, terrible passes. Um The only thing that I can think of here, man, is that you hope for value and hope you you draft him late and hope that he overperforms. Yeah. Given all of those red flags, I don't know. Like I'm trying to justify. Like, the one thing I do like about it is those deep analytics. The 27% target share and 34% target rate. Those are wide receiver target rate and target share numbers. Those
1: are great, dude. But like you said, if you don't have a quarterback that can get him the ball. What's
0: it fucking matter?
1: I mean, you could throw 50% target share, dude. Yeah. He still ain't catching them because fucking Desmond Ritter's throwing the goddamn ball to him, dude.
0: It's crazy that we have Kyle Pitts this high on our
1: list. Um, Oh. Oh, no, no. It's not crazy, dude. It's crazy that you and D had him this high on our list. (laughs) For our listeners, I had him. He wouldn't even be on this list if yeah, it wasn't were... if it wasn't for D and Frank. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the hype train still from three years ago that you guys are hung up on. But he has no reason being on this list, dude. Like you said, run first team coming off a knee injury, rookie, basically playing with a rookie shit QB. Okay, and guess what, dude? When he's in there, yes, those targets are going to go to him sometimes. But most of those, I guarantee you, because of the unfamiliarity of playing with Ritter are going to go to Drake London, dude. I don't know if you know this, but before once he got hurt is when Desmond came in. So uh-huh. he hasn't gotten any time with Desmond Ritter. So unless they magically make up that chemistry <laughs> in the offseason, I don't see shit happening on the field. Not to Not to mention his red zone usage last year was abysmal, bro. Abysible. Here's a fun fact for you, dude. He finished with less targets than McCole Pruitt. You know who the fuck that is? Because I don't, dude. I don't know who the fuck that guy is, bro. He tied with Jeff Swamy and Jordy Fortson. Who are those guys, dude? AFL players? Yes, it was only through 10 games, but that's way off the mark from his rookie year when he finished with, I think, 14 targets in the red zone. I it's It's mind-blowing to me that he's on this list. At all, dude. Yeah, you have him as 11. At all. 11. And I could justifiably argue all those points as to why I would take all those guys I had higher than him. I pretty much just did right now, dude. Yeah, you did. So, I mean. Damn, those last two one, last two, <laughs> were, were horrible. I mean, yeah, dude. What, what else can we say?
0: I'm laughing so hard over here, I'm crying, dude. Like, What Jesus. else can we
1: say, dude? Kyle Pitts, number seven, everyone. Good luck this year, Kyle. And for my sake, I hope you fucking show up, dude. <laughs> Cause I'm still waiting for the perfect trade offer for you. Uh, D did tell us that you did offer hi- He did
0: offer you a trade. And do, you him- offer,
1: do you offer me quite a bit? Yeah. And you told him. I t- well, the only, if that was from anyone else, I probably would have considered it. Yeah. And The only reason why I didn't give it to him is because let's say he does end up pitting. Now he has a young C.D. Lamb, a young Kyle Pitts, a young Jamar Chase, a young everybody, dude. Yeah. His whole core is Scott young. And got Stefan Diggs. His whole core is young. Yeah, I'm all. I can't have you run the league. Like he would run the league after yeah, that. like I'm not. See, that's that's, a, that's what you also need to think about when you trade with someone. Not just oh, this benefits me, but how does this benefit me long term in terms of am I going to win this league at at, at all at any point? Look at you. Look at the team I'm trading them to, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are the things you got to look at. Anyways, let's move off. Take, this take guy, a breath. Dude. Take a breath, dude. <laughs> I need to take a sip of this white <laughs> cloth. <a> <laughs> God damn, I'm getting fired up over here.
0: Oh, man. I s- saw the vein on your
1: forehead <laughs> popping out of- for fucking Kyle <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. All right, we're moving past Kyle. Let's get into number six. That is the Friar. Is that his nickname? Yeah. I feel like that's his nickname, right? Pat Friarmuth. I think it's Frearmuth. Frearmuth. I'm sure D would correct us if we were here. I yeah. don't know. Anyways, Big Pat uh, looking to build off his promising first two years in the league he's a great pass catching tight end finished tight end number eight overall last year in ppr formats End of the year with 63 catches 732 yards off of 98 targets which is that's pretty good for a, that's tight, good end, for a tight end yeah you, i'd say if you get over 75 targets for a tight end that's pretty solid dude. i think
0: if you like that night if you could get over th- triple digits like that's basic like 98 these two targets off from being 100 targets right like yeah. that's phenomenal
1: yeah, definitely, man. Uh, so, yeah, those targets um, got him for fourth best overall at the tight end position. But unfortunately, the red zone usage wasn't really there much. Uh, last year, he only had two touchdowns. And like we alluded to, most of those, most of your points for tight ends are going to come from our touchdowns. Right. Uh, that's a far drop up from last year um, or two years ago, excuse me, his rookie year with seven TDs. Now, obviously, two different quarterbacks. Big Ben was Big ben. there his rookie year, Kenny Pickett's there last year. Um, going into his third year, I think, I think this guy could be a sleeper, dude. I really do. I mean, none of the, I think Deontay is getting older, right? He kind of took a step back last year. Oh, he looked like sack last year. Yeah. He kind of took a step back. I mean, a lot of that was Kenny though, too. Yes. Just being terrible, terrible QB play. Uh, Or I don't want to say terrible. I think Kenny's got he's some promise. Learning. Yeah, he's learning, dude. Yeah. 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 It's a learning process for him. He does have some potential. I don't think he'll be all-star like, world-level QB, but I think he'll be a respectable QB. Yep. Middle Um, of the pack. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, Deontay's getting older. Pickens, obviously, you might have to be worried about with him a little bit. He's got the talent to be an all-world-level receiver. He's also got the crazy, dude. He's also got the crazy, yeah. And then uh, also their um, draft pick from last year, uh, Calvin Austin, who didn't see the field last year, is looking to make his mark this upcoming season. little slot man. Mm. I have high hopes for him Mm. as a dynasty owner. But – I still think this is a Deontay Johnson while he's there and Pat Fearmouth one-two combo. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Pat replicate those target that right. target share last year. And then obviously we touched on it the touchdowns. I only see it going up from there. I mean, two touchdowns, dude. That, I mean, it I can mean, get that's worse. Def- it could. I could. But how it much could worse? be zero? Just two, by it two. Be, yeah, bro. I'm looking. I'm thinking. I think he could finish with five plus TDs next season. With consistent QB play, with better QB play and better red zone usage, which I think they could utilize. I mean, he's a big boy, dude. Yeah. Like they need to get him involved in the red zone more. I just
0: think it's more a matter of Kenny Pickett becoming better. Yeah, that's it. And I think one more year under this offense, he's going to look a lot better, especially with uh, more of a healthy Najee coming back. You know, it's really going to open up some things because they're not going to be able to stack the box every single play against Najee right you know he's gonna have to learn to throw the ball and you know young quarterbacks really lean on that tight end position Mm -hmm. as that safety net so I definitely could see that man um it's just it's it's all it's all dependent upon scheme dude with these like all of these tight ends within this range like six seven eight are all scheme dependent Evan Ingram Kyle Kyle Pitts Pat like these are all scheme dependent tight ends you know
1: what else is all is um pretty interesting about this list that I'm reading or, kind of coming to realization is that a good chunk of them for being top 10 tight ends are all on run heavy teams. Yes. Which that's because very interesting.
0: That's not like a correlation, I would say. I would say that it's more because of the fact that the top tight ends are so far on high powered offenses that everybody else below, like, it's like the general here's your top tight ends hundred and fifty feet of shit yeah. and every other tight end and then you can mix up the order of those tight ends right. based on a week to week basis. Yeah. So
1: anyways, uh Pat at number six, I like Pat. I think he I think him like Njoku could provide some sleeper value. Yeah,
0: I mean all you really need if you wait for these tight ends this late is double digit points every week. Yeah. Like ten points, you'd be happy. That's all you're looking That's for all here. you fucking need. That's so all you're looking for. I think that's feasible because he's going in the middle eighth to ninth round. Definitely possible. Yep. All right, number five. Dallas Goddard finished 12th last season. Missed a handful of games because of his shoulder injury. I mean, he is the definition of consistency, you know? In the 12 games he played, eight of them he had double-digit points. So, again, like, these are these tight ends that we're kind of referring to that, like, all you fucking need is double-digit points. The cool thing is with Dallas Goddard is that this guy plays in a high-powered offense. Mm Mm-hmm. So, what you're looking for, you know, in this tight end position is one consistency, especially if you're waiting this late, and two upside. Dallas Goddard is going to give you upside because we think here on Around the Cooler, Jalen Hurts has another gear to grow. And if Jalen Hurts has another gear to grow, fucking all those receivers are going to eat even more than what they did last year. So, that could be scary, dude. That's, and I, yeah, <coughs> that could be and, a scary, offense. Exactly. Um, The cool thing is, this offense is basically the same. The one drawback is that they don't have styking anymore because he moved on to Indianapolis. So we're just, we're a little unsure of like what that scheme may look because we did see what happened when Dable left um, Buffalo Mm -hmm. and Josh kind of had a, he just looked different, right? Yeah. So I would kind of expect something like that, but I do think that Hertz still has that one more gear to go. Um, Dallas Goddard is behind A.J. Brown and your guys' boy, Devonta. Mm -hmm. So. I'm not sure how well that bodes out, but it does at least provide a high floor, in my opinion.
1: Totally, dude. 100% agree. I think uh, out of all the tight ends on this list, if if he can stay on the field, he's definitely providing you with the with one of the safest floors at the tight end position. Right. But, you know, that's yet to be seen. And, yeah, to your point about the offense, I think it's going to be very similar. I don't think there's going to be that much changes, like you mentioned, to Everyone's coming back for the most part especially that line, which is a big boon right. for those um, you know, wide receivers and tight ends as well as Jalen. But, yeah, man, I think Dallas is right where he should be on this list. I mean, th- there's an argument maybe you could put him ahead of the next guy, but I actually think the next guy is a sleeper as well. I was going through these, and I'm like, man, this guy – because I completely forgot about the next guy and the situation he landed in. Really? And what he's in currently right now. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, number five, Dallas – goddard he's the
0: he's the high floor guy high floor guy high floor
1: guy and like and like you said dude you know throughout this podcast if we're getting double digits out of our tight ends for the most part double digit points that's a win bro Yep, that's a win because a lot of times it's either feast or famine with tight ends Ugh. every week
0: every damn week
1: every week dude
0: and don't wait too long to draft tight ends otherwise you end up fucking streaming tight ends because i've done that in a year and that sucks
1: dude yeah Yeah, streaming tight ends isn't fun. You know what is fun? Streaming quarterbacks. There's nothing better than streaming quarterbacks. I remember one year, I streamed the same three quarterbacks, dude, for weeks, (laughs) and I got to the playoffs. (laughs) It was Jacoby Brissett, Case Keenum. I can't remember the other guy, but I was just dropping them and picking them up every week, dude. You know who my favorite streaming quarterback of all time is? Joe Flacco. (laughs) I have streamed (laughs) Joe Flacco.
0: Yeah. Like, I've streamed Joe Flacco on three different Thursday night games, and he's given me um, at minimum 16 points Damn dude And I've streamed Joe Flacco On five different regular weeks And he's giving me 20 points
1: Joe cool right baby Is he still with the Jets?
0: Uh, Probably
1: I don't know I'd man. have to look that up Whew, Man Yeah What a guy I, I digress What a guy Alright man Number four TJ Oh am I number four? No, oh, I think I'm a four actually You're four Yeah my bad I yeah. am four uh, Yeah TJ Hawkinson out of T E university tight university. You know where that is, dude?
0: Uh, Florida.
1: Great guess, bro. It, great guess. I'll give you that dude. I would have guessed Florida. Maybe if I didn't know shit about college ball. No, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's from, he's from Iowa, dude. Iowa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of,
0: Florida, like Vernon Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And the next guy on the list is actually from Iowa too. Um, yeah, man, uh, tight end out of Iowa University, highly touted pass-catching tight end, uh, who, to a lot of people's surprise, finished as actually the number two tight end overall last season. I think a lot of that, though, like if you watched the early part of the season, especially was when, when he was with the Lions, um, came from two huge games. I think he had like a 35-point game or a 40-point game uh, twice. So, um yeah, man. But like I said, that, that was when he was with the Lions. But I guess one did come with the Vikings. So uh one with the Lions, one with the Vikings. He did get traded, as I mentioned, as Viking. He's now a Viking, where he lands in a situation in a pass heavy offense. Yep. With Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Um Adam Thielen's gone. Right? Yep. So I kinda I think he may be, you know, a sleeper here in this Vikings in this Vikings offense. I don't know, dude. I mean, he had over what, eighty-six catches last year's on 129 targets, good for nine hundred and fourteen yards and six TDs. I think he may develop into that nice number two behind JJ because Jordan Addison has yet to prove himself. Sure. Right? KJ Osborne is there. He's a good he's a good wideout. He's a good receiver, but I don't I think is he, he is more talented he than TJ? I don't think so, dude.
0: I think he is what he is at this point.
1: Yeah, I think he is what he is too. Um he's currently being drafted in the fourth, fifth round. Is that something you feel comfortable taking him there? Let's see. So, I do like the situation.
0: Um, if you're thinking about like drafting him around the fourth and fifth round, you're kind of looking at like like where am I drafting him? Is it like end fourth, uh, early fifth? If that's the case, that's that means you probably drafted at the back end of the first round. Yeah. So I. Don't know if I take a tight end that early because I'm trying to build. I'm basically trying to take. I'm stacking receivers and running backs like crazy at that point. Unless yeah. I was able to land like a good quarterback, you know? I think that would be a little too early in that mm-hmm. turn because that's so, like, say you draft in the first, in the front of the first round and then you draft him around that. That would be okay because you probably have enough leeway to make up if when he fucks up because he's, same thing with Hawkinson, he has peaks and valleys. Yeah.
1: So I like Hawk, dude. I do too. I like do too. uh you know, when I was going through this originally, I was like, hmm, I don't know, man. Like most of the you know, the point I made earlier, most of these points came from two games. But thirty five and thirty nine. I completely forgot, dude. He was with Minnesota now. Yeah. And that pass heavy offense. And like I said, there's no real number two wide out there really now that Thielen's gone. You know, Addison's yet to prove himself. Like and maybe you're right. And maybe one more year under this offense he does become that clear cut number two. Yeah. Because he definitely has the capability to be used in, like, a similar skill set as,
0: like, Travis Kelsey.
1: Oh, 100%. And I think that's what his skill set is, man. Like, you know, most of these guys on this this list are pass-catching tight ends first, dude. Right. So they have the skill to run routes and catch, you know, balls and all that fun stuff. But I think he's definitely one of the better ones. And now that he's in an offense that will probably utilize his skill set more, unlike the Lions did, I think the sky could be the limit for this kid. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with Hawkinson.
0: I think if you're drafting him around the fourth and fifth round, you really got to look at your, the makeup of your team. Yeah, I think so, That's too. That's
1: all. I think so, too. Uh, okay, on to number three, dude. George Kittle. George Kittle. He's everything that you want
0: in fantasy. You know. And uh, really quick, do you know where
1: time. he's from? George Kittle? Yeah.
0: You just said Iowa. Oh, I was just a yeah, test, dude. I just want to make sure. Yeah, if you listening. said Florida, I would have laughed my ass <laughs> off, <laughs> Oh man. Mm-hmm. George Kittle is a prototypical athletic 3 down tight end who can catch, make big play after big play. He can block, he's a red zone target, he's basically that elite tight end advantage, but he's very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's a pro- I mean, I know what it is. It's a product of this offense. There's so many mouths to feed on this offense. And if you watched last season in the beginning of the first year first season or first part of this year Of the year, excuse me. He was having some trouble because the quarterback play was, to use your word earlier, abysmal. Yeah, you know, (laughs) and then enter Brock Purdy, and he basically took off. So George Kittle has all the capabilities that you would think should land him as a top, as should rival Travis Kelsey. You know, high-powered offense. He's athletic. He's on the field basically eighty percent of the time. He can block when he's being called upon. So you know, he in that offense, block, yeah, in that offense, they run the ball. So he's like opportunities galore. The problem is, again, he tends to get hurt because he has no regard for his body because he's an animal, which I respect. A and WWE I lo- fan, yeah, of I love to does. watch <laughs> that guy play. Like yeah, as an I- NFL fan, that guy's out there just ripping linebackers' heads the off. The
1: people's tight end, baby. <laughs> <laughs> people's tight end.
0: You heard it here first. That's the new nickname. For I think, no, I think that's what he calls himself. Bro. Are you serious? Yeah. I that's
1: think how... Because he's a huge WWE fan and he's a huge uh, rock fan, bro. Oh, So man. he calls himself the people's tight end.
0: That guy's the man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> From weeks 15 to 18, three top three finishes, seven, tight end, uh, seven touchdowns in the last four games. Like I was saying earlier, clear chemistry with Purdy when he came out on the field. Mm-hmm. And so do you have any questions coming into this league? This this year with him is is the quarterback question mark obviously Pur, Purdy's coming in from that you know terrible elbow injury but from the sounds of it he should be ready by week one
1: yeah yeah for me lots of questions dude okay lots of questions um we you kind of touched on it a little bit his touchdowns last year off the chart eleven touchdowns that's the highest highest his highest of his career uh his previous seasons he never finished with more than six. There's a lot of talented playmakers down there in San Francisco. I mean, is do we think he may be slowly getting buried on the depth chart? Right? They got mm. Debo. I know everyone's quick to bash Debo in the year that he had last year, and you know maybe he's just a one gimmick player. Blah blah blah. But the I mean he's a talented he's a talented player, dude. Debo's a talented player. Ayuk's a talented player. Let's not forget McCaffrey, and let's Ugh. not forget again that. The plethora of running backs that they'll undoubtedly use behind McCaffrey, no matter who it is, they'll figure out a way to make them fantasy relevant, I'm sure. Uh, and yeah, dude, Purdy needs to be healthy. If Purdy's not healthy, then what are we looking at? Trey Lance, who we haven't seen any chemistry built with. He sucks. George dude. Kittle before. He blows. I mean, there's a lot of question marks, bro. And then on top of that, he's like, I think we touched on it in another episode. He's the, I think out of all the tight ends on this list, he's the ultimate boomer bus guy yeah you like there's definitely going to be games where he's going to get you the 30s the 35s and then there's going to be the games where he gets you the five the tens five yeah, yeah dude and you can't be having that bro I, uh, or at least for me you can't be having it i need consistency i need the dallas goddards the guy that's going to give me the 10 yeah, points right like per game that's just I, me
0: i think i'd rather wait a couple more rounds stack a couple more running backs and receivers and then draft a goddard
1: yeah but i mean hey man this, this guy's number three for a reason. He's a very talented, very talented tight end, very talented football player. He can make all the plays, like you said. He can block, which keeps him on the field at almost all times. But yeah, man, I definitely have some questions surrounding him.
0: Do you think those seven tight, those seven touchdowns in the last four games were more of like an, like a blip on the screen or even an outlier as opposed to what you would expect? Like obviously, I mean, seven y- touchdowns in four games is insane. Yeah, right? I was, but yeah, like, yeah. Even if you said. Four touchdowns in four games. Yeah, I would even say that is
1: bro the more I, of an th- outlier too. Yeah, one hundred percent, dude. I think, yeah. To the your, offense goes to your point, CMC. To your point, seven touchdowns in four games for anyone at any position is insane, insane, dude. That's bananas, bro. Yeah, and then let alone yeah, and then to your other point, four and four is still highly impressive, bro. This is the National Football League, dude. It's yeah. hard to get fucking touchdowns in this league, dude. So yeah, that. I don't know what that was, man. Like that—that's a combination of, you know, maybe Purdy's talent combined with Kittle's talent combined with play calling, sure. Combined with playing shit. I don't know who their opponents were in those games, but I'm—I'm I'm assuming they were probably well, they ass, in the dude.
0: NFC West, so Seahawks, Cardinals, but Rams. The, but those games specifically. I'm no, I'm just saying, just in general, like right, the, right, 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 just right, in general, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I yeah. have no idea who they played against. Yeah,
1: I'd be curious to see their opponents during that streak. But yeah, definitely an anomaly, bro. Like I know one of those games was <coughs> probably against the fucking Raiders. That was remember that game? That game oh, was Oh, well. A, there incredible. you go. Probably four of them
0: came from there, dude. <laughs> the <laughs> shitty Raiders. Dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, th- they actually couldn't cover tight ends worth a shit last year. But oh, yeah, um, man. But yeah, number three. So George Kittle. let me let me pose you this. Yeah. In what makeup of your team do you feel comfortable taking a risky tight end like George Kittle, around rounds four or five? You know what I'm I, saying?
1: I I have to know for sure that I hit on my pass catchers, dude. Okay. Like, I have to know that I have at least two... At least two... I can't like a, have elite receivers? Elite receivers, bro. Okay. Like, I can't be putting it up for chance as my pass catcher to be a boomer bust tight end, bro. Okay, I see. So, you you're know like, what I mean? You're,
0: I'm not leaning on George Kittle as my guy. No, bro. Okay.
1: I want the majority of my targets for my pass catchers to go to elite wideouts, dude. Okay. Not a tight end who... May or may not be the third best option on the team. Interesting. Okay. What about you?
0: Fuck, dude. Like, um, I think if I've stacked really well in the first three rounds, I can take a gamble on taking a George Kittle in the f- fourth or fifth. Like, if you do.
1: Right. So, pretty similar. Yeah. Approach. so you
0: get Josh, if you get Jefferson in the first, some mid tier running back in the second, and mm-hmm. then you stack them with like Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts in the third. Then I, could, then I would target a George Kittle.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. We'll see what Kittle does this year. He is intriguing. And, like, he, man, like I said, dude, he's, he's talented, bro. Oh, 100%. But there's like, no doubt. Is it, for me, there's just a lot of question marks there. But yep. we'll see.
0: He's third on the list for a reason.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then coming in at number two, ahead of him, we have Mr. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, tight end out of Baltimore, finished last season as the fourth best tight end in PPR formats. And a big reason for that was his production early on. Do you oh, remember yeah. early on when he just was like on this absolute tear, dude? Oh, and everyone dude. was like, oh my God, bro. Mm-hmm. And I found it interesting that he actually finished above the top guy the season before, dude. Yes. I didn't know that did. when I was re- when I was uh, doing research on Mark. Uh, but yeah, early on, you're like, wow, dude, this guy's going to challenge for... Gonna Top be, he's honors. gonna do it again. It's, yeah, he's gonna, he's do, gonna it do, it again, do it again, bro. This guy is unbelievable. Uh but then injuries happened. Lamar Jackson happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're a if you're an avid <laughs> listener to the show, you yeah. know how much we love Lamar yeah, Jackson yeah. here, dude.
1: <laughs> and that put a halt to that super quick. Uh still he finished with seventy plus catches, eight hundred yards, and five TDs, which for any tight end. That's like... That's great. That's great, man. Like, if you're getting that out of your tight end... Definitely a down year for him. Down year for him, but if you're getting that out of, like, say, you know, numbers 10 through three on this list... Oh, dude. Bro, forget about it, dude. Seriously. Great value there. Um, But yeah, dude. So, if we deep dive into these numbers, uh, 113... So, real quick, we're yeah. only deep diving into the top two
0: because they are basically comparable to receivers and from a statistics
1: perspective. Right, 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 right. So, okay. So, just a real quick deep dive into these numbers that we mentioned. Uh, 113 targets, a 29% target share, and a 29% target rate.
0: Those are fucking receiver numbers. Yeah,
1: that's definitely receiver numbers, which is highly impressive for Mark. Uh, There is more competitions this year, obviously, with Odell in town and Zay Flowers with their draft pick in the mix. But when they choose to throw the ball, obviously, Mark's still the guy. Uh, I would definitely lock him in as a tight end. one the season as a pretty much set it and forget it, but...
0: You can't forget it when you have Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: be careful with that quarterback. Every week, you're like, be careful. But I don't know, man.
0: When Lamar Jackson's on the
1: field. I know we talk shit on him, but he gets him the ball, dude. When Lamar Jackson is on the field,
0: he only has eyes for Mark Mark Andrews. And he loves Mark Andrews. And we love that as Mark Andrews owners. Yeah. If we could just get Lamar to play a full fucking season this year, one, I know Lamar could put up. Put up rival quarterback.
1: I am never 1-3. touching Lamar Jackson. Neither again, am I. Ever. But I just
0: I want to see him do it again, dude. Because the year he did it was phenomenal. Like I want to see him just get back to like eighty percent of what he was that year. Right. Play a full season because that would probably put him up as a third best quarterback in fantasy. And yeah. if that happens, Mark Andrews has a has an argument to be the best tight end in fantasy. I don't know, dude. It, dude, if Lamar plays a full season. He's gonna fucking he's his boy's Mark Andrews. I don't care if they added Odell, who's coming off a fucking knee injury a, a year and a half ago, like they can add as many pass catching receivers as they want <laughs> over there. They're gonna die there. Like yeah, he's yeah. got he's got eyes for Mark Andrews. Yeah, he does. And until I see otherwise offensive scheme from an offensive scheme perspective, I'm I'm fucking drafting Mark Andrews high and I'm I'm going to war. And praying to God that Lamar Jackson plays a full season.
1: Would you draft him in the second round?
0: No, that's a little early. I think third. I think third.
1: Like early third, if you had early third pick. Yes. Yeah. So
0: like, say you get first or second pick, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. You come back around. You get. So you would take oh him as like your I main pass catcher. Na- you know what? So if he comes back around. Yeah. Let's say I, you
1: go like RB, RB approach.
0: RB, RB. If and you, I go RB, RB. You need RBRB? a pass
1: catcher. You taking Mark Andrews over someone like a Devonte Smith?
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent over Devontae Smith. I think so. But I think even if I went RB, RB in those first two picks, I still consider going Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen the third to get that high floor. So maybe, maybe Mark Andrews partway through the third makes more sense. I don't know.
1: Yeah, man. What I, do
0: you think? Like, so Travis Kelsey goes in the first round, mm-hmm. and then here comes the second round. Do you consider taking Mark Andrews in the second round?
1: It. Um, I mean, it depends what I do in the first. So. If I take a RB in the first? Yeah. Possibly. If okay. I'm take if I take a wide out in the first? No. I'm going to take either an uh a running, r- back. a running back most likely. Yeah, depend. De- I mean depending on who it is. Like it's tricky, dude, because it is. you know, Mark is going to get you that production if Lamar's on the field. But if he's not, but if he's not, dude, you're in deep shit and we've said it multiple times, you've got to fucking hit on, your first, On your first couple picks, dude. First three picks. First have to three hit. picks. You have to hit, bro. If you don't hit, you're absolutely fucked all season. Yep. All season, bro. You're
0: playing carousel and trying to trade for something all se- season. All
1: season, you'll be at the bar drowning your sorrows, dude. <laughs> Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> Especially the Lamar season, dude. <laughs> Anyways, bro. Yeah, but yeah, man, that's tricky. It definitely would be tempting, but yeah, if I already had a solid. Elite wide out or a, a wide receiver who I felt comfortable with. I'm definitely probably going running back and hoping maybe he f- comes back in the third. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem taking one. I think third round is definitely a solid spot for him to go. So anything after that, if he falls for some random reason, you got to oh, fucking you steal fourth. Oh, There's yeah, no dude. way he's lasting that Yeah, long. yeah. yeah. No but if for some random reason, he did, dude. I mean, shit. Right. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I love Mark Andrews, man. Chalk it up. Mark Andrews, number two on our list. Number
1: two, baby. Let's get to number one. Number one. I know you've been salivating at this guy, dude. My boy that I drafted in fantasy
0: in our dynasty league, hammered, hammered (laughs) drunk in the third round. Travis, the King Kelsey, baby. This is your T-E-1, your set it and forget it. He's been your set it and forget it for God knows how long now. Yep. Single-handedly provides you an advantage if you had the luck to take him the last few years at the tight end position. Kelsey has finished as a tight end one in six of the last seven seasons. The one year he did. That's it That's insane, dude. He finished as tight end two, right behind Ma- uh, Andrew's massive year. Yep. So Andrew's massive year is basically Travis Kelsey's standard. dude. Standard. Yeah, yeah. Just for those listeners that are taking notes. To say there's a drop off between Travis Kelsey and the rest of the tight ends in the NFL <laughs> is an understatement, dude. <laughs> To put it lightly, in 2022, Travis Kelsey averaged 19.2 points per game. Averaged—that's quarterback numbers on an average. Like the second best was the dude we just talked about a few points back, T.J. Hawkinson, 13.3. That's a six-point advantage. I don't think there's another position that you can that you can see that difference between the position one and position two ranking. Kelsey has seven straight uh, 1,000-yard seasons, and even at 33, he's showing no signs of slowing down. He had a career high last year, 110 catches, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. On these numbers, we're going to look at 152 targets, 25% target share, 28% target rate. These are wide receiver numbers. His skill set just seems to get better with age. He's not blowing by guys. He's not jumping over guys. But he's always open, and he just see his rot running is just becoming much more crisp. I don't know, Brady. Did you go to the Chiefs Chargers game with us last year? I don't remember. I don't think you did.
1: I went to one game. I don't remember so, who, who they played. No, it was uh, Giants. We went to the,
0: Oh, yeah. was that last year? That was two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. We yeah. went to the. We went to the Chiefs Charger game on Sunday night when it got flexed into Sunday night, and single handedly watched Travis Kelsey beat us. That's right. I do that remember that. I, I wasn't incredible. there, but yeah, I remember watching that. I game. remember watching that last play that he ran in for a touchdown, and I was just like, "God damn it, that guy is unstoppable." It was like, "It was mesmerized, bro. You just you can't guard this guy that, for I'm, the for the lack of a better phrase. You can't guard Travis Kelsey. That's who he is, dude. You draft, you're drafting Travis Kelsey, King Kelsey at the five, and you're loving every second of it.
1: That's who he is, man. He's he is definitely the uh, gold standard. There's nobody on that team right. who's going to eat more than him. Right, right. Pat's gonna throw in the ball consistently, right. often, and even more often, dude. Because yeah, because no one else on that team is worth a fucking shit, dude. Well, it's
0: just so. I am
1: curious to see how they got that rookie Sky Moore, right? They got Sky Moore, but I'm more, so, I'm more so curious to see how Tony will play out with the full season under Pat Mahomes. Oh, Cartier, Tony. Tony, yeah, dude. I mean, he's
0: getting rave reviews. Out is of he? Camp. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see how that'll play out. Obviously, I don't think it's gonna be much of a dent, if anything. Like I said, this is a, this is the Travis Kelsey show, bro. And yeah, man, there's nothing to be said that hasn't already been said about him. He's the best. You take him, like you said, at five or six, and you fucking ride that wave to the playoffs. Bro. How early
0: do you take Travis Kelsey?
1: Probably five or six. Five or six, right? Yeah, overall, man. Yeah, like, damn.
0: And if he's there at nine,
1: would you take him over Cooper Cup?
0: No, Cooper Cup is the second best receiver. I I, I wouldn't because that's
1: where Cooper's gone roughly right now. Oh, man. Like I, I wouldn't
0: because the difference between Cooper Cup's ceiling and Travis Kelsey's ceiling is like a hundred fan- total fantasy points. I think that's true. So okay, I, I don't a, think I would. I got
1: to good one for you, bro. Uh, let's play past with present. Would you rather, for fantasy purposes? Okay. Would you rather take a prime Travis Kelsey or a prime Rob Gronk? Fuck. <laughs> I think there's I an think argument there's this, to be said that Kelsey's still in his prime. I, dude. Yeah. I think I still take Kelsey. Yeah.
0: Because prime Gronk still offense? was on the, on the field for running plays. Yeah. And that, that team ran the ball a lot. Yeah. 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 So,
1: and, it and Kansas city, it is the Travis Kelsey show. Bro. It's the fucking it's always Pat the Mahomes, Patty show.
0: Mahomes to King Kelsey show.
1: Yeah. I would be curious to see, we should maybe look this up later. Maybe bring it up, up next episode, but, the uh, fantasy stats side by side between Gronk and Kelsey.
0: Oh, dude, we—you know what? We should start doing is yeah. That'd so be like that, but like a great player now compared to a historic player in That's see. Good like, idea, dude. Well, know?
1: we'll have to incorporate that into next episode yeah. maybe, or some episodes moving forward. So
0: thank God this this episode's over. I'm not gonna lie to you, I was not fucking stoked to do top tight ends. The I only mean, one I cared to talk about was Travis
1: Kelsey. No one's stoked to do tight ends, bro. Like I said, these guys are usually. TD dependent for the most part, aside from maybe the first hand or the top handful of guys. But nonetheless, we did it. We got through it. It was fun. Yeah. I had a white claw for breakfast, yep. which breakfast is great. With, breakfast with claws, baby. Breakfast with claws, dude. I think uh, this is a good sign off point. Is that it? Are we signing off? I think. Do um, you got something else to say? Nah, hopefully Daniel comes back next week. I'm sure he'll be back, dude. Yeah. Uh, You know, those. Those glasses ain't going to clean themselves at the wineries, bro. (laughs) So, (laughs) someone's got to do it. All right. Later, dude. All right, man. Late.